Welcome to the Rethink Leadership Podcast with me, Jeremy Blaine, CEO of PerformanceWorks International. This podcast is grounded in business, digital, workforce, and leadership transformation for our times. My aim is to initiate conversations with experts, leaders, professionals who've got a story to tell and who we can all learn from. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel or simply go to performanceworks.global to access all the episodes to date. I'm sure you'll find something of interest. My guest for today's Rethink Leadership podcast is John Doran, global Celt, TEDx speaker, media contributor, and someone who's been an educator for over 29 years. John challenges us all to find the time to hit pause, to reflect, to rethink, to take time out, and more. We have to look after ourselves mentally and physically, and that energizes us to be attuned to others and to deal with life and work, embracing the positive and handling the challenges. So we discuss how to handle the world of busy when it seems so hard to stop and to take stock. And John gives us tips for how to make progress with examples, experiences and more. Let's take a listen to find out more about getting the balance right, our own way to well-being. Well, John, thanks so much for joining me. Please introduce yourself, your journey in business and tell us something that we might not know about you. Now, thank you very much indeed, Jeremy. Yeah, it's a delight and a pleasure to spend this time with you. Well, my name is John Doran. I, I'm an author of Waste to Wellbeing. I'm a teacher for the last 30 years. I took a vow of poverty in 1994 and became a teacher. And now I speak to teachers in the world of business. I spoke to Amazon last week and how to get the best rather than the stress out of yourself, how to get the best rather than what's left out of you. So I like to call myself, Jeremy, a possibilitarian. I'm a glass half full type of person. So in a nutshell, that's me. And what you might know about me? Well, I'm a well-being advisor to Celtic Football Club. I'm one of, they give me a, 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 great, a great name and no money, a global Celt. So I'm proudly a global Celt. That's me. Wow, I never knew that. Gosh, that's absolutely fantastic, John. Gosh, absolutely brilliant. And yes, a possibilitarian. Yes, uh, we could. We we could. It's definitely possible to get to the Champions League. Is that the kind of thing that you would say to Celtic? Well, you know what? Anything, anything is possible. If you don't think you can, you definitely won't. You got it there. Great. And uh, yeah, I love what you talked about, the vow of poverty, to do what you love uh, to as that teacher. But I know that you do this in incredible ways with that Ways to Wellbeing book and, and how you take it out there. And I think it's so pertinent now, John, the pace of life inside and outside of work, it's ever accelerating. So for me, you know, how do we thrive in this world of busy when it seems so hard to stop and take stock and are we just in danger of accepting that's the way it is these days yeah well it's a great point to start jeremy i think the pace of change in the future will never be slower than it is today and the one thing we can be certain of is change but the change might be mandatory but growth is optional so i mean a lot of us jeremy are are pressed stressed and distracted and drained so how do you get from there to engaged energized and in your element. I think that's the question. And I think it starts for me personally, Jeremy, with slowing down and, and taking a pause. You know, when you're somebody said to me last week, the hurrier I go, the, the, the more behinder I get. You know, don't tell me the rest, John, because it's only the tension that's holding me together. And I think, you know, when you think about the pause, Jeremy, 
it's it's a conscious moment to gather yourself. It's it's like pressing pause when everything is frenetically going fast forward. And I think um, that conscious moment to gather yourself, I think, has never been more important, Jeremy. As the world outside of you gets increasingly faster, I think that inner world needs to get a little bit slower to make a little bit of sense and to gather a little bit of perspective. Yeah, it certainly does. That slowing down to speed up is... Uh definitely what many of us and even even those of us that kind of preach this a little bit it's it's hard it's hard to do when you're caught in it at times but i love that love that little quote the hurrier i get the the behinder i become is that, a... but it's a it's a it's it's a really valid point jeremy and i think there's a bit of um there's a little bit of of what would i say fatigue fatigue about the word well-being and i i kind of bridle at the term myself i think it's become a bit of a cliche um but well-being is a little bit like putting the bins out we all know it's important but we all tend to forget about it from time to time so i think we all need these constant reminders that we really need to power down sometimes in order to be able to power up just to kind of step back a little bit to see where we're going and um, there's a kind of a tyranny of business busyness out there and we kind of make a badge of busy. It's almost like um, we've lost the art of doing nothing. <laughs> and sometimes it's really important just to sit down and do nothing. And it almost it's got to the stage where people feel almost embarrassed if they do nothing. They have to be doing something. And that's that world of busyness that we're all being seduced by. And I think to our detriment and also to the detriment of our relationships, but fundamentally to the detriment of our performance and our innate well-being. Yeah, you're so right there, that that tyranny of busyness, as you put it. And almost, I know people now who wear that badge with pride. Oh, yeah, I pulled in a shift and I'm doing this. You're right. So I know that you've worked with many organisations and individuals around this. And I'd love to bring out for you to bring out some examples of those that have done this well, kind of they've managed to slow down, to speed up, to take stock. And maybe those that haven't been quite so successful and the relative benefits and downsides of both. Well, if you're going to name drop, Jeremy, name drop really well. Have a real clangor. I, I, I had the great privilege in 2003 of meeting Mandiba, the great Nelson Mandela. And the one thing that struck me above all others, and there was a multitude of things to be struck by, was how calm he was, how present he was. And it struck me that being calm is a place of power. And that power, that strategic calmness has a ripple effect on everyone in your domain, both personally and professionally. I think we're all in a world of frazzle, and I meet people frazzled all the time. You know, John, I can't hop the, I can't stop to talk to you. I'm losing time just speaking to you. I think we all get into that mix and that melee. And I it's 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 a kind of a it was a pandemic before the pandemic, Jeremy. You know, this kind of thing. I call it for grantedness and busyness. And I think maybe I'm meeting more and more of that. And a lot of people maybe you know, we've come through, look at it, if there's an elephant in the room, Jeremy, I, I, I've, always been, I've always been told to introduce it. And the last three years have been difficult for us all. We've all kind of had to take a stock to renew, to recalibrate, to restore ourselves. And maybe you probably have heard a lot of people talking about going back to normal. I think normal wasn't working for too many of us. I think a lot of people are talking about post-traumatic stress, but there's also post-traumatic growth. You know, you, we spoke about your book being written in the time of COVID, I, I personally have had a lot of blessings in the time of COVID. And probably the most important is I now refuse to go mountaineering over molehills. Uh, I don't get bogged down in the thick surface, small things. 
I take that time to what I call be strategic, be selfish, to actually take stock that if I, you know, if you imagined your body, Germany, with a lot of receptors on it, they're, they're, they're receptors that are taking in energy and they're giving out energy. You know, when you've given out more energy than you've taken in, that's burnout. And that's not a badge of honor. So I'm kind of really kind of um, more aware of how I give energy and where I actually take in energy and make sure that the balance is in the perfect ratio because you cannot give Jeremy what you what you cannot what you don't what you don't have. And too many people are on this treadmill and they have nothing left in the tank and they get to a holiday and what happens? They get sick. So it's their bodies, you know, telling them to slow down and the body will whisper at first and then it'll get louder and louder and then it will roar. So we've got to mind ourselves to be of good and not to be. And the more you give to other people, Jeremy, the more you need to give to yourself. And I think a lot of leaders, I quite, I was in a very well-known company last year and the leader of the company was too busy to come in and listen to the talk. And every one of the employees were saying, that gentleman needs to be in this room listening to this message. But sometimes the people who need it the most are listening to it the least. Yeah, gosh, aren't they just, uh, uh, you know, it struck me when you said it before, calmness is a strategic play for leaders, particularly if they can use that to impact others very positively in in an era where we're going so quickly and there are so much stresses on on growth. And I I recognise personally what you're talking about, burnout. Uh, I've been there personally and um in in an organization that saw it as a performance issue not as a not as a, a health issue if you like and I had to make the call myself you know to protect myself and that meant kind of stepping outside it and uh, I don't mind telling that story because I think no matter where you are in an organization and in some cases the higher you get the more of these stresses kind of tend to hit you and it takes a brave stroke vulnerable leader to kind of hold the hand up on that would you agree very much so. And you, you've touched upon a really important word. I sometimes ask people and organizations, what has been the message in the mess for you? And I think what you've just stated there is very powerful, Jeremy. There's great power and vulnerability in having authentic conversations. You know, I met a colleague of mine on the first day back after lockdown. And I said that an innocuous question, how are you? And she said a very Irish response, which was, Ara, I'm grand. And that kind of phrase covers a multitude of feelings. And for something, for some reason, Jeremy, I decided to say, how are you really? And I remember it very vividly because I worked with this person for 25 years. She was carrying a, a, a bag of lug like a luggage bag, almost like they were going to Terminal 2. And it looked like it as well. And they looked at me for a moment and almost like thinking, "Is he? does he really want to know? Or is he being just polite? And will I really tell him? And she said to me, John, I'm overwhelmingly overwhelmed if you really want to know. If you look at the circumference of me, I'm fine. You know, I've got a husband and two kids, but I'm having my lunch in the car and I'm petrified of what I might bring home to my children. And it got gave me permission to be vulnerable too. I said, you know what? I'm scared too. And I think there's very great power in having those authentic conversations. You know, we're seduced into thinking that we should be happy, clappy all of the time. And that if we're mad, bad and sad, we're suffering from some kind of mental condition. We've got to give ourselves permission to be human, Jeremy. And when we give ourselves permission to be human, we also then reciprocally give the person within our sphere permission to be human as well. You know, we're not we're not wrenches. We're not designed to snap out and snap into things, you know, but these things will pass too. So I think an awareness of our own emotional weather 
our ability to regulate it. But I think also, Jeremy, the ability to empathize with the emotion of whether other people make you a more empathetic and more emotionally aware. And I would suggest a better leader for having the experience of what you've gone through as difficult, I'm sure, as it may have been for you as you were going through it. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, those of those people tuning in and those people that know you know that you exemplify this, John, and you you do ask those questions. And it's a duty of care to all of us to ask those questions when we kind of know deep down that it's not all right. You know, it's not all grand, is it? So an interesting question that kind of came to me when you were talking there was if if you knew that you couldn't fail, John, what would your ideal world be from a more balanced work-life perspective? And how would you go about implementing it, engaging others in the journey and embedding it culturally in the way that we do things these days in business and in life, potentially? Yeah, well, just a multidimensional question there, yeah. Jeremy. Both professionally as an educator, I sometimes think we're seduced into preparing young people for a life of tests rather than the tests of life. And I think what I would like to do is rebalance that relationship in school and, and more to kind of social and emotional learning. I think this key skills and metrics of the 21st century will be our actually our, our human factor. You know, if it can be mechanized, it's going to be gone. But I think the more we tell young people that to be brand new, to that you are good enough, I think is an incredible message. And I think that would be the message that I would be willing to go to the ramparts for, that what will get young people hired in the future is not necessarily their IQ, but their EQ. So I think that's the, the message that I would be evangelical about going around the world and spreading if there was no limits, to remind people that actually their USP going forward is going to be you. I think there was a statistic I saw yesterday, Jeremy, that the in by 2030, the jobs available, 80% of them will not have been invented yet. So we're preparing people for a world that does not exist, which is quite an extraordinary place to be, you know. But I think the most important thing is to remind people not to spend their life continually comparing themselves to the to the highlight reels of people on Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat, but to actually make that conscious decision to be on good terms with that person facing them in the mirror every single day. So that's my mission in life, I suppose, Jeremy, to remind people to mind themselves that precious real estate between their ears and have conversations around that space. You know, the best definition I've heard about education is a conversation between people of different generations about what's really important. And I think the times that we're living in now, Jeremy, give us a time commercially, professionally, personally in the world of business, in the world of education, in the world of relationships, to have a conversation about what's really important and what's really not important and to get a little bit of overview and a bit of perspective. And if we can take that message from the mess of COVID, I think we will be, will be enriched and in a better space for it. If we go back to normal, if we default to the default, I think personally, that would be a tragedy, both professionally and personally, Jeremy. Yeah, beautifully put, John. And I, and I couldn't agree more with you that the USP going, going forward is being human, isn't it, at the end of it? It's we yes, we have lots of jobs out there that don't exist. We've got digital accelerating what we do, all of these things. But what makes the difference, what makes the challenge, what makes the opportunity interesting every every step of the way is that human endeavor and the human touch and getting in touch with that um, that real that real core 
is um is the way is the way that we've got to go forward and as you said it's you know the basis of you know having great eq is a is a pretty good place to start for this being aware of it and moving forward so i'm sure there are many tuning in that built yeah you know, th- this really resonates with me so what would be your top three to five recommendations for those ready to make the shift to change the pace slow down hit pause as you talked about it before in order to move forward more effectively more healthily and more enjoyably working with our fellow humans i'll give you three jeremy to come to my mind straight away firstly as you're speaking here I'm just thinking about the power and the magic of human connections. You know, what came out of COVID for me is in lockdown, not able to see loved ones, talking to people on the end of a screen, you know, the elephant in the Zoom, as I called it. People need people. You know, if I asked you what is one single thing that will exponentially increase your health, both mental and physical and emotional, you might say to me, well, exercise more. And I would agree with you. Exercise is massive. You know what I mean, if you walk three times a week, and that can lower the chances of you getting a, a stroke by 60%. If you walk three times a week, you can actually increase your your creativity by up to 60%. A glass of water in the morning, being hydrated, can improve cognitive function by up to 40%. So I would say sleep. You might say give up smoking. Again, I would agree with you. And you might say, you know, um, a, be- a better balanced diet. All of them would be, cr- would be correct. However, the single biggest thing you can do to increase your happiness quotient is actually increase the quality of your relationships, both in work and out of work. It can actually add up to eight years to a life, which is incredible. So I would say renew and repair your relationships and start with yourself, that relationship with with yourself, making the conscious decision to be on good terms with yourself. Who can you reach out to that you've lost contact with? Because opportunities don't come tethered to clouds, they come tethered to people. The second one I would say is feather the brakes, slow down. In the rush to the next moment, worrying about the last journey, we have a tendency as humans to miss out that piece in the middle. And that little piece in the middle where we are right now is your one and precious life. Just to slow down. You know, the days, the months, the weeks, they go by like cat size on the motorway. So I would say feather the brakes renew and repair your relationships. And you know what I would say as well, Jeremy, as a third one, we started off this conversation smiling and laughing. And laughing is the shortest distance between two people. I would say find a funny. You know, what I've learned going around Ireland and abroad speaking is that if you don't have a sense of humour, you don't have sense. It's so important to have a laugh. When you laugh, you lower and reduce the stress hormone cortisol and adrenaline flowing through your body by up to 65%. It's clinically good for you. When you laugh, you release dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, what the psychologists clinically call the good stuff. So surround yourself with people and and rest. You know, if you were asking me, how do you know you've had a social rest? When you come away from a person feeling energized. When you come away from a person and you know what? I really needed that. I didn't even know how much I needed it until I actually needed it. So I would say better the breaks, find the funny renew and restore your relationships all of those if you start there jeremy you're going in the right direction fantastic and that really there is the power of those human connections that you were talking about uh, uh absolutely and that that finding the sense uh, the sense is the sense of humor i love that uh what you're talking about there john many people listening will want to get in touch with you john want to get hold of 
uh, ways to well-being. How do they find out more? How do they get in touch with you to continue the discussion? Well, I'd love that, Jeremy. I, I really would. I mean, on Snapchat, I'm not on Snapchat. I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter at Away to Wellbeing. My email is wastewellbeing at yahoo.com and you'll find me there and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite prevalent on LinkedIn as well. But I'd be delighted to have this conversation with any of your viewers that are watching in because, you know, when you have a conversation about the topics that we're talking about, it's always very enriching and thought-provoking and it's very real and it's very genuine and it's very authentic. And the more of that you can have in your life, I think it's to the better of all and it's to the detriment of nobody. Beautifully put. And what a way to end, John. Thank you so much for joining me. I've really appreciated it. And I'm sure everybody's got so much out of this and so much uh, food for thought. Thank you. My pleasure and go well, Jeremy. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Rethink Leadership Podcast with me, Jeremy Blaine. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel or simply go to performanceworks.global to access all the episodes to date. We'll see you next time.